cave. We'll go to Genesis chapter 18. We'll start there. There's, there's two confrontations in the Word of God that are quite interesting to me. Um, and the two, and we're not going to look at those confrontations, but the confrontation that I was referring to is one with Eve in the garden, and the other one is with Jesus Christ in the wilderness. Uh, and the differences between those two um, confrontations is that in one case, um, Eve did not remember what the scriptures had said. Um, the other case, Jesus Christ totally remembered what the scriptures said. And they're two very, very, very unique confrontations because in one case, we know what happens. <laughs> it led basically to the downfall of the fall of man eventually. And the other case, Jesus Christ, with just knowing what the scripture said, was to turn back the devil himself, the adversary. So they're very, very interesting. So uh, the reason I bring those up today when we're looking at what I call healing verses is that because when you're in situations where um, you have a need and you have, you have a, a challenge, it's very, very important to have the verses ready at your disposal that deal with the situation that you're facing. Um, and that is not to say anything uh, about Revelation, of course, as well, uh, for specific information. But if I don't even know what the Word of God might say in situation, then uh, that's, that's, that's a place that we have to start, absolutely. So, in, in, so I just thought I would do it today is look at a number of verses that, that, well, they're verses that bless me. And I will share with you some of the thing, why, reasons as to why they're, for me, healing verses. And maybe they'll be a blessing to you as well. Genesis 18 is the first one. You know a lot of these. Of course, you probably obviously know them all, but but it'd be, uh, let's just read. Genesis 18, 14. This is when um, Sarah laughed about getting a child when she, told, when, when she was told she was going to have a child. And her response in ver verse 14 is, Is anything too hard for the Lord? So that to me is a very, very... Again, when we look at these verses... Uh, we're not going to read all the context of them. There's just there's just so much, but to recognize that you know they're in the, they're in the context of uh, a, a context that healing was available or something related to that was happening. In this case here, it was Sarah having a child. So a good thing for us to remember in a situation where deliverance is required is is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is, of course not. So we might think our particular situation is tough or rough. Or difficult in some some respects, um, but uh, there is no, no situation that is too hard for for God. In Exodus fifteen, again, these are going to be all over the place. In Exodus fifteen. This is a. You know, a characteristic of God that is given right here early, and it it is immutable. It hasn't changed, um, and it's in Exodus chapter fifteen, verse twenty-six, and and said, "If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes." 
I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. You know, again, what a wonderful thing to remember in a situation where we need physical deliverance. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he hasn't changed. That has not, I mean, there has been some additional responsibilities given to the Lord Jesus Christ in that, in that regard. But again, the source of all that healing is God. In Exodus 40, make it really easy. We're going to go in order. Exodus 40. In verse 38, it says, For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Now you might ask, why is that a healing verse? Well, like I said, these are verses that bless me when it comes to healing. And to me, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a verse in that category because it, to me, represents the presence of God with us at all times. I mean, he, he did whatever he could for the Israelites to, for them to recognize that he was always there by day, by night. He did not ever leave himself, in the way it says in Romans, without witness. He was always, always there. And what, you know, what, for me, what a great thing to remember when you're in need of healing or deliverance, that God is always there. I mean, I know, and for, you know, this was, we're here, we're here, we're talking about uh, a, a cloud and fire. How about speaking in tongues for us? Always, always there. And, you know, again, to me, that's why I, I like this verse. And I think about that, you know, they, they could look outside and they could see the cloud at nighttime, the fire, and they knew that God was always there. Never, ever left them alone. In numbers. I know you, you probably have many verses that bless you and um, that you can add to this list. But I thought it might be a blessing to hear some of these. I keep these on my phone whenever I need to. Just pull them out and go over them and think about them. Numbers 11, 23. I like the way God says this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand wax short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. <laughs> I love the way it's kind of, sounds like, okay, you think I can't do this? Let's just see if my word comes to pass or not. It almost sounds like, it, you know, they want to dare. I dare you to. I know it's not that way, but it's interesting the way it's said. And was God able to do what he said? Of course he was. Every, every situation he was able to do. And this is when they were talking about um, giving them food to eat flesh. And they wanted flesh in the, in the wilderness. And Moses said, what am I going to do? I'm going to kill all this, you know, cattle and all. He goes, no, no. You think that I can't do this? Is my hand waxed short? You know, in, in our particular situation that we might be in, you know, that, that's a comfort to think, no, God's hand is not waxed short. He's always there. There's nothing that he can't, nothing's too hard for him. His hand is not waxed short. It's not possible for that to happen for God. Um, and again, we see these records, you know, uh, some of these verses you'll see are verses that talk about the greatness and the majesty and the power of God. Because for me personally, that is one of the 
most encouraging things for deliverance is to recognize how big and powerful and mighty he is. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, Deuteronomy verse 15 and the Lord will take away from thee all sickness the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee but will lay them upon all them that hate thee you know again context if you read the context of these of these sections you talk about him, God asking them to honor him, keep his keep his word, keep his commandments to serve him. And here's you know, all sickness. Take it. There was nothing that he could not handle. Same God today. He's our Father. He hasn't changed. In Job chapter thirty three. Job thirty three. I know a lot of these verses might seem disconnected, but uh, the theme for me is God's majesty, His power, His greatness, His ability to heal his del as a delivering God. In Job 33, verse 25, His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. I think about that. His flesh shall be flesher than a child. He shall return to the days of his youth. A nice mind picture to think about deliverance. While we're in Job 38, let's go to Job 38. Job 38, 31, when God was speaking to Job near the end, talking about his greatness, he says in verse 31, Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? You know, and I know we looked at this before, how uh, those two constellations, you know, those, are, those are characteristics of those constellations which have, have been discovered just recently in the last number of years about how you know, uh, the, the star clusters that represent Pleiades and Orion, one is a loose structure and one is a bound structure. And, you know, he's asking Job, can you do that? And, you know, the obvious response is no. But guess who can? God can. God can do that. And again, you know, when you're, when you, when you're in a situation where you have deliverance and you need, need need of deliverance, what a great thing to think about. Well, you know, these those star clusters out there, you know, we've heard about astronomers finding literally, you know, now millions and billions of galaxies even. We don't, they don't even know that God is the one who does that. God is the one who did that and does it. And he's the one who can loose the bands of Orion and, and bind the sweet influence of Pleiades. He's the one who can do that. So our particular situation, whatever it might be, you know, it, it brings that situation down to be small compared to the greatness. And yeah, it may be big in our eyes, but when we compare it to the greatness and the power of God, it helps us to say, yeah, God is bigger than all this. God can deal with this. His hand isn't whack short. There's nothing he can't do. Um, in Psalm 39, while we're here, verse 26. Uh, where are we here? Does the hawk, doth the hawk fly by thy wisdom and stretch her wings toward the south? <laughs> this is God asking 
Job again. Is, is who put that instinct? Who put that knowledge into the into the mind of a hawk or for or all the animals? It's God. God is the one. He's all powerful. Uh, Rob, He's mighty. You're, you're, in, you're, in, you're in Job still, right? Yeah, Job thirty nine twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, like everything, you know. So to 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 recognize that he has all that ability and he's done all of this and maybe it helps us in some respect to recognize well yeah he can do whatever i need right now as well why would i think he couldn't when he's done all of this psalm 91 familiar one i'm sure they're all familiar the one thing i find too when you know when i go over these verses that's you know and i have a particular need a certain day or something you know when you kind of you know uh don't want to use the word pound, but you know, pound the word of God into your mind one after another. It's like a, you know, it's, you know, people pop a lot of pills, right? Here you're popping a lot of verses into your mind, and kind of hit it hard. It's it's a real it's a real blessing. Psalm ninety one verse ten: There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And again, not to forget the context in ninety one, the beginning, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. You know how you dwell in God. You 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 live in God. You you know you serve God. You worship God. You talk to God. You pray to God. Living living there, and then as a result of that, not, no evil can come near you. No plague come, can come near your dwelling. That's those are the promises God made to Israel. Surely the promises to us are even far greater than that. Um, I lied. We're going backwards. Psalm seventeen. Sorry. Still Psalms, though. <laughs> Psalm 17. And in verse 15. It says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And I'm thinking, well, how, why is that a healing verse? Well, you know, for me, uh, sometimes when you're in a situation where, um, you know, you're hurting or you have a problem or uh, you just can't seem to get over it and it's always in your face. Well, here, you know, the psalmist writes here, when he woke up in the morning, he was satisfied with God's likeness. That's what satisfied him. So what that does is it takes the emphasis off ourselves and puts it on God. And when we do that, um, you know, the trials we're facing, it can help a lot by putting, you know, he's writing here, just David here, I am satisfied with thy, he didn't need anything else in his life as long as he had God. That was it. And that takes the emphasis off ourselves and puts it where it belongs, on God. So that's for me is a very wonderful verse that helps me. Psalm 103. All right, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled order. Psalm 103. And in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases forgives everything heals everything all of it nothing that is too hard for him 
nothing that he cannot handle. So we just bless him. Bless, bless you, God, for doing that for us. Um, in Psalm 107. And verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them. Multifaceted meaning here. The written word, the Lord Jesus Christ later on. All these, you know, all the things that God did to heal His people, He sent His Word, and we have His Word, and thanks be to God for that. Psalm one nineteen, a little perusing through the Scriptures today, just reading a bit. Psalm one nineteen and down in verse, let me just one hundred and seventy. Let my supplication come before thee and deliver me according to thy word. You know, the, uh, the psalmist again, saying, God, hear my prayer and deliver me according to thy word. Because thy word does say that you will deliver me. We've seen, you know, several instances, way more than that, obviously, but it certainly does say that. So that's something that we can ask for, ask for God's help with. Deliver me, Father, according to your word. And we have a far better relationship today than they ever had in the Old Testament. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. In verse 20 of Proverbs. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. You know, these are all good good exhortations and encouragements for regular daily life, but you know, especially when we're not feeling well. Something's up. Let let thine heart, verse twenty one, let them not depart from thine eyes. Let not those words depart from our eyes. That means that we have to keep them in front of our eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, very, very simple scriptures. Very, very simple, but very, very powerful scriptures. Very powerful words. You know, if we, if, you know, this, all this, you know, we can spend a lot of time even talking about these verses. I think we did another fellowship, but um, this takes work and effort. You know, to keep something, you know, notice the words there, attend, incline, not depart, keep. These are all things that take work and effort, but the results are, you know, um, unbounded, really, if you think about it. Whatever God, whatever you need in life, and God says, well, simple, just keep my word, keep it there, keep it in the center of your heart, just like Jesus Christ did. Now, Eve didn't do that that particular situation which led to you know the fall of man but Jesus Christ certainly did in the garden he kept his in the, in the wilderness he kept his mind exactly where he needed to keep it in Isaiah of course we have to go to Isaiah chapter 40 just pick up a few verses from there Isaiah 40, again, this is in, in the uh, area of recognizing the power and majesty of God. 
and how that is a great encouragement to deliverance. Um, Isaiah 40, verse 12, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? God's, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. Verse 17, All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. Emptiness. That's the power, the majesty of the God that we serve. Is all, all the nations which are powerful and mighty before him are empty. Nothingness, nothing to him. Down in verse 22. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princess to nothing. You know, these people who think that they're so almighty and so powerful, and run the world and, you know, all that's in it. He brings them to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. We need to have no fear of, of people like that. Because in our eyes of our God, they're nothing. Yea, they shall not be painted, planted. They shall not be sown. Their stalks shall not take root in the earth. And he shall blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord? Why would anybody ever think that God doesn't or can't or couldn't, doesn't care? My judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known? You know, this, I, I literally, when I, this is when I'm personally, when I'm not feeling well, I, 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 I uh, re-quote and re-quote these verses in my head over and over again. You know, has thou not known? No, I put your name there. God, Raj, don't you know? Don't you know, you know, God speaking to you, that I'm the everlasting God. I made the heavens and the earth. I made all of it. I'm, I don't get tired. I don't get weary. Neither is weary. There is no searching of my understanding. I make it very personal. God speaking to me. He's saying this to you. Don't you know? I don't get tired of taking care of you. You're not going to be able to understand everything that I can do. But I certainly am not limited. You know, this is the kind of conversations I have in my head. He giveth power to the faint. And that's sometimes, that's how you feel when you're not feeling well. You feel faint. And guess who gives power to you when you're feeling faint? God does. He giveth power to the faint. And that's what you are when you're not feeling well. And to them that have no might, another, another wonderful characteristic when you're not feeling well, no might. He increases strength. Now you can, you can, you know, flip these around in whatever way blesses you. God, I know you increase strength. I'm not feeling well. Can you please give me power? I need that power. I know you never get tired. You know, you just, you know, again, again repeat these in, in a way that blesses you and helps you. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. 
but they that wait upon the Lord. Yes, God, I wait upon, I will constantly, I will wait upon you until this takes place, shall renew their strength. Because that comes from God and God alone. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know, what a wonderful section of Scripture to rep- remind ourselves of God's greatness and how He's the one that gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He's the one that increases strength. Matthew chapter 4. Jump way ahead. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness. This is where I love this verse so much because it's just all manner of sickness. You know, when when you might think, well, this particular thing that's happened to me is, you know, I don't know, it's kind of unique and different. Well, anyway, hang on a second. All manner of sickness, all manner of disease among the people. All of it. Just, just just exactly like we read in Psalm 103. Healed all thy diseases. You know, here's Jesus Christ doing exactly what his Father does. All of it. Nothing that cannot be handled. In Matthew chapter 8, which is a wonderful chapter all its own for deliverance. Great chapter to read when you're not feeling well. Matthew 8 verse 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick, all of them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And we didn't read that, but saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And this is one of those wonderful instances where the word of God interprets itself to us, because in Isaiah it says, Griefs and sorrows. And when God had this written, you know, quoting himself, here it's referred to as, um, where are we here? Uh, infirmities, sick, infirmities and sicknesses. And that word is translated the same way in the Old Testament as well. So here God interprets himself to us very, very simply. So Isaiah prophesied about this, and Jesus Christ carried it out. Heal all that were sick. And guess what? He's our Lord. He's head of the body. He's in charge of the body. God has given him that responsibility. In uh, Matthew chapter 9. Another great chapter to read. Verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. There was nothing that he couldn't handle. You know, kind of reminds you of, is my hand wax short? You know, is anything too hard? Well, guess who Jesus' father is? The same God who said that. And here's Jesus Christ doing exactly what he fa- his father did or could do. In Matthew 12, if you sit there, you know, go over these verses again and again. Other ones that you like, you know, you throw them in a nice long list and just read them and read them to yourself and... It's wonderful. Verse 15, When Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes, not, not a small number of people, great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. All of them. Healed them all. Um, and where are we? 15. 
Matthew 15, verse 30. And great multitudes came on. Here we are again. And great multitudes came on to him, having with them, and here's a nice list, those that were lame, blind, dumb, and maimed. You know, you know this kind of covers a large gambit of injuries and problems that can happen in life. So you would think someone who's maimed or blind or it would be harder than somebody who has a, the flu or something, but not no, it's no difference. Nothing's too hard. And here, everything. And cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Didn't matter to him that, you know, one was maimed and one was blind or one that 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 wasn't the it's that was that was not the issue. He healed them all. All of them. So, you know, when you're thinking about your particular situation, you know, these are good, great verses that are, I find, very encouraging to remember. Matthew 20. Again, there are parallel records to all of these, and well, most, a lot of them in the other Gospels that you can look at as well. This is the blind men, verse 34. So Jesus had compassion on these blind men and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. You know, wonderful. Mark, Matthew, Mark, chapter 5, verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard, this is the case, this is a situation where the guy's, you know, daughter uh, had fallen asleep. And to me, it's a wonderful healing verse because it's a good reminder. As soon as Jesus heard the word that, that she had fallen asleep, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only belief. There's a, there's a great exhortation and encouragement when we're in a situation where we need deliverance. Don't be afraid. Well, but I'm seeing these, don't be afraid. Now here's Jesus Christ. Said, right away, that's the first thing he tells that guy. As soon as he hears, hears this bad news about his daughter, he immediately says, don't be afraid. You know, so, and, and that is a real temptation when we're not feeling well. To be afraid. And here's a wonderful encouragement. Exactly. Well, don't be afraid. We have a God and nothing's too hard for. His hand is not waxed short. Heals every sickness, every disease. He's the Lord that heals us. Nothing's too hard. You know, He, he gives power to the faint and they have no might, increases strength. And all those wonderful things we've just read, you know, in a short period of time. No reason to be afraid. In Mark chapter 11. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, whatsoever, what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, not later, not six months from then, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. There's a wonderful promise to keep in mind when we're not feeling well. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have when you pray, believe, you shall receive and you shall have. In John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from all sickness, free from all disease. The truth shall make you free. This is a general statement, but certainly applicable 
to any kind of bondage in life. It's the truth of knowing who Jesus Christ is and what he's accomplished for us, who our God is and is a healing God, all that wonderful truth which many people still question, don't even know, and here it is. We know it's true, and that is what makes us free. Acts chapter 3, got to go there. Acts chapter 3, great things to remember. This is a, I think we looked at this whole this record in a, in one of the, you know uh, one fellowship this whole record but just to, some of the key points in Acts three verse twelve and Peter sighed he answered unto the people this is the healing of the lame man you men of Israel why marvel ye at this or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk that's a good thing to remember when we're in a situation where we need healing and deliverance. You know, it's not your power, it's not your holiness, how wonderful, righteous you are, and good you are, and all the good things you do. You know, it's not that. Verse 13, well, what is it? The God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified His Son, Jesus. That's who it's about. Whom you denied in the up, sorry, whom you delivered up, and denied Him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the holy one and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and kill the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. So it's not our own power or holiness, but it's Jesus Christ. That's what, and then he says in verse 16, And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness, in the presence of you all. So you can put away thoughts of our own power or holiness and replace those with thoughts of the power in the name of Jesus Christ, the power that God wrought there. So we can get rid of those thoughts about feeling unrighteous or sinful or whatever problems might be having and just replace them with, you know, faith in His name. Again, another one of those verses that I drive into my head when I think faith, faith in His name has given this perfect sound. It's made Him strong. Things that you need when you aren't feeling well. In Romans, sorry, Acts 9. We'll just quickly read this in Acts 9. We're just zooming by to Romans. Acts 9, verse 33. And there he found, uh, talking about Peter, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed for eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus Christ has an active ministry. He's responsible for the body. Arise and make thy bed, and he rose immediately. He is an active ministry. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. He's not, he's not unemployed. He has responsibilities. And we can expect deliverance. That is, that is very, very clear from the Scriptures. We never should doubt that. Now to Romans chapter 4. This is the verse that I think about, you know, we're looking at all the records where of the great majesty and power and almighty strength of God. This is what helped Abraham believe. So it makes sense that it would help us to believe as well. In Romans 4, verse 20. 
He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. To understand that God is able, you know, remember he encouraged Israel, don't forget what I've done for you. I took you to the Red Sea. I fed you with manna in the wilderness, gave you water, gave you, did all these, protected you. Don't forget that. And here, here, you know, Abraham here in this case, he was persuaded that he was able. And what helps us to get persuaded he's able? Well, look at all the things he's done. You know, Isaiah, we read that in Isaiah. All the things he said in the Old Testament, I am the Lord that healeth thee. All these things to remember, you know, remember when you can look at all those records with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, he's the God of gods. There's no other God like this that delivers after this sort. He's the one who deals with Pleiades and the, loose the bands of right. He's, the, you know, all those records you have in your mind at your disposal, just like Jesus Christ did in the, in, in the wilderness, to bring to the forefront so you can take the impact of those verses to the situation at hand. Because those are backed up by the power of, of God, the all, he said, "Don't you let's see. You see if my words are going to come to pass onto you or not, Moses. Let's just see. They're backed up. They're, these aren't Dale Carnegie, you know, mind games. This is backed up by the power of God. Not being critical of Dale Carnegie, I think some of the stuff is wonderful. In Romans chapter six, verse eight. Now, if we be dead with Christ, our identification, we believe that we shall also." live with him talking about the future but also life today and we'll see that in the next verse in Romans 8 if you go to Romans 8 verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you and it does he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you there's a wonderful promise makes your mortal body alive by the Spirit. See that the Spirit has an impact on us physically. It can, it can heal. It can bless us. Because literally, uh, we died with Him, therefore made alive with Him, and it also quickens our mortal bodies. In Romans 8.32, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Now, what a great thing to remember. You can read, obviously, all of chapter 8 there, but you know, a certain verse that just you can just that I do anyway, just bring them to my remembrance. Okay, I need some, I need I need help here. Well, whatsoever you pray for, when you believe, you're going to have it. He'll freely give you all things. The, the spiritual quickly your mortal body. He gives power. To, you know, you can go on, on, on again, and and it's a real blessing to have these in our arsenal to go to. In Second Corinthians chapter one, almost done. Obviously, there's hundreds and hundreds more that you can. But just thought it'd be fun to go through some of these today. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse nine. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. That's a good thing to remember. And you can't get any worse than dead. And here we are. We have a God who raises the dead, even the dead. You know, we looked at maimed, you know, blind and all that with Jesus Christ dealt with. And guess what? His Father even raises the dead. So there's no limit to what God can do in situations. So we trust in a God that raises the dead. What a great thing to remember. Galatians chapter... Actually, let's just go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. 
verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who not by our own power or holiness, his power, to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality. And this is, this is our Lord. Far above all principality and power. Those are the birds that, you know, cause the problems. Well, he's, he's above all that. And might and dominion in every name that is named. That's why his name is so wonderful. Every name, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That's why his name worked when, when Peter was talking about that name. Because of this, what God did to his name, that's why that name works. That's a great thing to remember when I'm feeling well. You can call on the name of Jesus Christ. Um, again, we could spend a whole fellowship just talking about that verse. Philippians 2. We won't. Philippians 2. Verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, again, every knee should bow, of things in earth, in earth, Sorry, in heaven, things in earth and under the earth. There's no category left out. That name is all-powerful, almighty. We can call upon that name when we're in need. And everything must bow to that name. That's a promise. It's a promise to us, to the body of Christ. That's a promise we can use over and over again. There's no limit to the number of times you can use His name. We have the power. We've been given the authority to use that name. We know that. That's a great thing to remember when I'm feeling well because, you know, uh, His name is greater than anything that might be plaguing us. I will close in Hebrews. Another wonderful thing to remember. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 35. Again, in context, wonderful section here in Hebrews, but 35. Cast not away... Therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of her reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You know, be patient. We, we, we do what we know to do in situations like this. Then we're just patient because God promises that He will deliver. He promises that He will uh, deal with any situation that will be plaguing us. He promises that He's the one who gives power to the faint, to them that have no might, He increases strength. Right? Uh, you know, we've seen it uh, time and time again in the ministry of Jesus Christ, being able to heal every disease and every sickness among the people. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Nothing is too hard for me. My hands not wax short. You know, you can go on and on and on. All these wonderful, wonderful promises about God's greatness, His almighty power, and then how he, he, he gave and he exalted the Lord Jesus Christ to be the head over the body whose responsibility now is to take care of the church. And so he has at his disposal all that power and ability and we can call on his name for deliverance at any time. So, um, well, that's it. I thought it would be a blessing just to go over my healing verses that I use and, and it might be a blessing to you and I'm sure you have your own and that it, uh, but it's good to remember them and good to have them at our disposal because, you know, we read in Proverbs that, you know, you don't let them get away from your eyes. Keep them in your heart. Keep looking at them. Put your mind right there and don't let them, don't let them go. 
and, and be patient until you receive the promise that God has promised. So, um, 